SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to our number two of the morning after on a Friday right here on SportsGrid and Sirius XM channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm and all across the sports grid network i am ben stevens in this second hour we will preview everything you need to know the numbers that are moving from a spread and total perspective for a friday evening in the sweet 16 of the ncaa tournament we will look at where the madness was last night and what lays ahead for this friday as well a look around the nfl our sports professor rick horo is here and a man that needs not to sleep in this month of March. John Rothstein is back on the show to end out our number two as well, leading into a Friday at the Sweet 16. But we begin with some madness in the NBA as well, because it's the postseason, of course, in the big dance, in the NCAA tournament, in college hoops. But it's also the ending of the regular season virtually right now in the National Basketball Association. Only about eight to ten games left for most teams around the league. The postseason push where playoff positioning is at stake on a nightly basis for the best teams across the league. And that was certainly the case in the Western Conference last night for a good one. A high-scoring affair between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Phoenix winning on the road at altitude over the Denver Nuggets 140 to 130 this line opened up yesterday morning at four in favor of the nugs it closed last night near a pick'em, and phoenix wins on the road the suns have gone on such long winning streaks throughout this season an 18 game winning streak an 11 game winning streak and now on a seven game win streak again a 10 point victory over the nuggets on the road a total that closed somewhere in the low 230s way over last night obviously when you see a 140 to 130 final score that is how impressive phoenix has been this year and devin booker continues to play incredible basketball 49 points last night to lead all scorers in the phoenix suns effort of posting 140 themselves so 49 from d book 10 assists and would you look at that box score look who's back for phoenix as well chris paul 17 points 13 dimes last night every starter for phoenix scores in double figures they got 22 from mikhail bridges as well in a 10 point victory outscoring denver by 12 points in that closing quarter in the fourth winning that 36 to 24 nikola Jokic, not a double double 28 points only six boards and six assists he has had a double double in 25 of his last 27 but not last night so phoenix has won seven straight games they continue to compile wins and when you look at the western conference standings they hold a substantial advantage over everybody else in that portion of the league and when you look at the western conference odds that's where phoenix is really starting to make their hay they are very very close to even money at the moment plus 125 the shortest number we have seen on phoenix all season long don't forget the phoenix suns represented the west in the nba championship last year losing ultimately to the milwaukee bucks they returned pretty much the same exact roster they gave deandre ayton a new deal they made him happier for their big man down low monty williams the coach of the year last year back as well and somehow some way phoenix was booked with the fifth best price 
to win the West again at plus 850. Now the substantial favorite by nearly $2 in front of the Golden State Warriors at plus 125. The odds on the Memphis Grizzlies also getting better by the day. 9-1 to one yesterday, 8-1 to one today. And we welcome our Sports Grid Radio audience here to get into the mix on this Friday on TMA. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens, looking around the association for a brief moment before we dive back in to the madness. And the Western Conference runs through the valley once more. The Phoenix Suns, plus 125, with the shortest price we have seen in their favor all year long to win the Western Conference title for a second straight year. Now, the Chicago Bulls were a team that we loved early on in this NBA season. The Chicago Bulls at the All-Star break were tied atop the Eastern Conference standings. The Chicago Bulls are struggling mightily right now. It is tough to see red at the moment for Chicago. On the road last night in the Big Easy in New Orleans, losing by 17 points to the New Orleans Pelicans. And the line told us all we needed to know about this game. Chicago opened early yesterday morning as a point-and-a-half, two-point favorite. By the time we got to the late afternoon, Chicago was a three, three-and-a-half-point underdog which is the worst spot Chicago can be this year. 9-20 against the number now for Chicago when booked as a dog. 9-20 when booked as an underdog. And Chicago, who was tied atop the Eastern Conference standings at the All-Star break, only 29 games, I guess, as a dog. A lot more recently because they've been playing the best competition. They are winless against the top three seeds in each conference. New Orleans is certainly not there in the 10th spot in the Western Conference playoff picture right now. And the Pelicans still a 17-point victory last night. John Shames was on the show yesterday. He told you to look out for C.J. McCollum. 25 points for C.J. McCollum, but not the leading scorer for the Pelicans last night. That would be Devontae Graham. He finishes with 30 points to pace the Pels in the victory over the Chicago Bulls. So as we look at the Eastern Conference odds, Chicago was as low as 15 to 1 just a couple of weeks ago, now 27 to 1, the sixth best price, but it is working against them in this market. And of course, after the vaccine mandate was lifted in part an exemption for athletes and performers here in New York City, the Nets even a shorter price at plus 260. Kyrie Irving expected to make his debut at Barclays this year on Sunday against the Hornets. The sports professor drops some knowledge next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I am required in my contract to bring this next man onto the show. His name is the sports professor, Rick Horo. I am Ben Stevens. This is a Friday on the morning after. You will see why momentarily. I am required to do that, and it pains me to my soul. That is a Duke Blue Devils sign for Rick Horo because Coach Mike Krzyzewski wrote the foreword to my novel about the sports professor world. Rick, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Talk about Duke. All right. You didn't ask me, right? But they're going to... I was going to say beat Kansas in the final, but now it doesn't really matter. It's set up perfectly for the team that's grown up significantly in the past two weeks. As we were talking before, an incredible monumental win against Michigan State. Score the last, what, nine points, but seven out of seven in the last eight minutes yesterday. Boncaro is yep. the man. Williams is the man. Uh, Roach, 
is the smaller man. And Coach K goes out in a blaze of glory. He gets the, as Jerry Jones does at AT AT&T Stadium, that ride to the top of the stadium with a kind of open-air Pope mobile. He waves to his adoring fans, drops some confetti on 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 uh, on the fans, and then goes about the business of saving the world in another context. He is amazing. Almost as amazing as when he, yes, he did write my forward. Thank you. You want me to stop now? Should I stop? Are we done? Yeah, just keep kissing his behind a little bit more, Mr. Horro. I do not like saying nice things about the Duke Blue Devils, but I will say the way they have closed out basketball games in the round of 32 against the Spartans of Michigan State and last night on a Thursday against the best defensive team in the country is incredibly impressive. A 20-6 to run against MSU to advance to the Sweet 16 on Sunday afternoon. And then last night, they did not miss a single shot in the final eight minutes and 55 seconds. Shot 71% from the floor in the second half for a young team that was supposed to bow down to the experience of all the upperclassmen for Texas Tech and Mark Adams. It was Duke that kept their foot on the pedal last night. That is why Duke is into the Elite Eight. That is why Mike Krzyzewski has won 100 career NCAA tournament games, and that's why he appears in an Elite Eight for a fifth time in as many decades. Five different decades, Coach K, now in to the Elite Eight. But, Rick, let's go across the sports land. Okay, yep, yeah, if you want to say more, go ahead. I just was going to tell you that, that, uh, and I'll stop. No more to until next time uh the the soliloquy you just did was was impressive and and that's why i'm gonna make an offer today that you'll get to write the forward for my next book along with the coach of north macedonia how about that uh north Macedonia. how about that upset (laughs) it is march everywhere rick i cannot wait to meet the coach of north macedonia Uh, soccer and we will write a lovely forward for your next book which i'm not sure it will be titled and we don't need to get into that discussion right now maybe it will have something to do rick horo with nil because adidas is opening its nil record to every college athlete at an adidas partnered ncaa division one university a sweeping nil network we haven't really seen from a major sports brand what does this mean in layman's terms for the rest of the public Well, it's inevitable, uh, I think, by a company that is so solidly committed to college athletics saying, look, take advantage of this. It's a relationship that's uh, metrics, meaning if you have great social media and you have the ability to communicate and you have a story, then get on this. It's almost kind of like the way Facebook and others monetize their initial involvement way back when, when it was totally how much uh, activity could you generate. It's the same kind of thing. And Nike's probably scratching their head, like, why wouldn't why didn't we do that? We should reach out to everybody, too. And they probably will. And you know what this means? This means everybody that feels like they have a D1 opportunity, even D2 and D3, is going to factor in dollars for their education from NIL, which is yeah. great. It also means the transfer portal becomes even more sophisticated because now an athlete is worried mostly about where he's going to end up relative to the NIL issue. And it's still an ever-growing process. It will come with further regulation. It's still in its very early stages. But cool, in my opinion, to see things like this from Adidas, as it is pronounced in other areas of the world. Rick, this was my fault. I put this into the rundown from a production standpoint to talk about NCAA tournament viewership, forgetting how much you love Coach K and the Duke Blue Devils. But Duke and Michigan State was the second most-watched early-round game in the last eight years from that Sunday matchup 
in the round of 32, but we're seeing record viewership across the board for the tourney this year. Why has that interest been garnered back into March Madness? Uh, three issues. One is uh, it's a uh, it's the the storylines are, are compelling, uh, and uh, uh, you can think about the number one seeds and what they brought to the table. Although we have to carry it with something else over the next two weeks. Uh, second is the post pandemic. Everybody's feeling like they're recovering, so I've seen more. Uh, viewing parties, Final Four next week is going to be prolific about that. We don't talk about masks anymore. We don't talk about COVID. It is amazing, the transformation over the last three or four weeks. But I think the NCAA is a prime beneficiary of that. And the third most important reason for that viewership, Duke. What? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're right. Unfortunately, <laughs> you are right. So, Rick, Duke is one game away from making another appearance in the Final Four to prolong the retirement tour for Coach Mike Krzyzewski. The Final Four this year in New Orleans next weekend. What is that atmosphere going to be like in the Big Easy? Carnival-like. You know, we know that the uh, uh, places that are the special dome, special event cities are even better for college sports. San Antonio, Indianapolis, New Orleans. Those are the big three. The others, and we'll see what happens with the Vegas next year. That'll be interesting. The other dome stadium issues, for example, Phoenix for Super Bowl next year, Glendale. It's all right, but it's on the other side of town. So this will be unparalleled. Uh, we know Doug Thornton, who runs the Superdome, is putting on some real special, exciting stuff as well. They know how to put on Super Bowls. They know how to put on Final Fours. Economic impact, probably well over $200 million and more obviously depending on who goes, but it's not a question of who goes anymore because uh, some of them uh, teams are in, in driving distance. You could talk about Houston. Uh, you could uh, talk about uh, Duke driving. I think a lot of people will see it as a destination opportunity. And the beauty of Final Four, as we know, is that Sunday, I know they have now all-star games and certain other events they wouldn't have otherwise, but that is a tourist destination dream. Uh, restaurants going to be crowded the uh, hotels are going to be crowded and we're all going to be wearing the duke blue double stuff as we know rick i was going to ask if you really think duke drives there will you be invited by coach k onto the team bus to make the trip to new orleans uh team bus is too crowded uh you know if he brings oh. a limo we'll talk. i'm just doing it right here if he brings a limo you know i got my own car i'm gonna meet because it gives me some flexibility i can uh, take uh, individual players uh, if they want to uh you know go to something with coach k's permission john shire now you remember this is uh, this is turning into a duke fest but you open the door so my daughter i'm talking to her again today my you realize that she's had a cat for the last four years that's named shire of course duke, my cat's named shire what do you think of that right i mean how would i not know that your daughter has had a cat for four years with the name shire i that, but of course i would know that rick everybody should know that now watching on sports grid and listening on sirius xm channel 159 rick right now duke is favored to be in all three of the most likely national championship matchups against houston against kansas and against villanova duke involved in all three of those with the shortest price duke will play the winner of the east region could it be north carolina in the final four for the first match of an ncaa tourney history between the blue devils and the tar heels on the retirement tour now that is a script that hollywood could not even write rick couldn't even write it, and frankly, it is possible. I mean, why not? Very look the way North Carolina is playing. And for that matter, look the way Miami is playing. 
I'm not sure they have the horses, but I uh, know you're dismissing it. I'm not going to St. Peter's, but I am going to Duke, uh, North Carolina, Miami. Look for some of them. Uh, it would be interesting to be in the Final Four. The bottom line is, remember, this is all about stories. It's about compelling content and economics and this year's tournament, as we know, better than ever. Our sports professor, Rick Horrell, I think the next time we speak, it'll be in New Orleans. Rick, I'm going to close out the segment, unlike the last couple of times, more the morning after up next. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Plenty to get to in this second hour of the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. It is a Friday in the Sweet 16, both on the men's side and in the women's tournament as well. A preview of some of that women's action later on in our third hour. But here in the second hour, let's look at the lines that have changed for the men's action in the Sweet 16 on this Friday evening. Of course, you know we are fired up on a Friday, but at all times, Always for the Providence Friars, the luckiest team in basketball, or maybe, let's consider this, a good basketball team. A 32-game sample size, a 27-5 winning record for Ed Cooley and the Providence Friars, and a Big East regular season championship for the first time in program history. A team that, when booked as an underdog, has been cashing tickets all season long. 8-1 and one against the number when booked as a dog. 7-2 and two straight up. So money line plus money prices in play for the Providence Friars as well. And some line movement on this number between the Friars and the Jayhawks tonight in the Midwest region. Kansas, the top seed in that Midwest region in Chicago tonight against the Friars. Now just a seven-point spread. It opened at seven and a half. It came down to seven earlier in the week, got up to seven and a half for most of this morning, and now back down to seven with an over-under at one. 41 in a hook again I believe that if Providence wants to keep this game close tonight they need to keep this game total under Kansas in terms of adjusted tempo is the 64th fastest team sorry I had to make sure I had the number right the 64th fastest team in all of college basketball they want to get up and down the floor Providence wants to slow it down a little bit play more in the half court led by their senior experience Jared Bynum Al Durham Nate Watson Noah Horkler the list goes on and on and one of the best matchups tonight will be Justin Manaya defensively for Providence against Ochai Abaji one of the best players in all of the country the big 12 player of the year on the wing for the Kansas Jayhawks also that big man battle down low between Nate Watson and David McCormick is going to be absolute theater we touched on something from this Providence and Kansas game earlier on from a prop perspective if you have those available wherever you are wagering on the FanDuel Sportsbook Noah Horkler has been fantastic for Providence in this NCAA tournament in fact he is their leading rebounder all year averaging eight and a half boards per game his rebounds prop tonight is seven and a half, and the over has some juice at minus 135. As you would expect, he has gone over this number of seven and a half in both tourney games so far for Providence. 14 boards in that win over Richmond, nine in the round of 64 against South Dakota State. He has gone over this number of seven and a half in five of the last eight for the Friars, nine of the last 15, but in four of those unders in this 15-game span, he finished with seven. So he was always hovering around 
around this number of seven and a hook. And maybe you look to a point prop on Noah Horkler as well. Ten and a half tonight, even juice on both sides. 13 points, 16 points in the first two games for the Friars so far. He has been lethal from deep. Five of nine from three, 11 of 22 from the field, even 50% in his field goal shooting percentage. He will need to step up in a big way for the Providence Friars today. And a man that I know is pushing P for the Providence Friars tonight <laughs> against the Kansas Jayhawks. It is Carrington Harrison joining us on the show. Had some technical and car difficulties yesterday, so he is back on TMA. Carrington, a radio host in Kansas City, Missouri on Sports Radio 610. Carrington, thank you for joining the show once again. Ben, you don't got to tell everybody my business again like that. You don't got to I mean, tell everybody, oh, well, yesterday the car didn't work. His phone couldn't work. You don't got to tell everybody my right. business today. I came on to talk sports with you today. I'm here to push Providence peace. I'm not honestly, Ben, I'm not here to promote Providence. I'm here to not promote Kansas. Whoever Kansas is going up against, that's the team that I'm pushing for. Today, it's Providence. So that's who I'm, that, that's who I'm supporting today. I didn't mean to air out any dirty laundry. Just if people <laughs> saw you yesterday, I wanted to explain the rationale for what happened and why we are so glad to have you back on this Friday. Let's start in the tourney, and then we'll get to the big news in the NFL this week with Tyreek Hill traded from the Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins. Why are you fading the Kansas Jayhawks regardless of opponent? Because I cheer for the University of Missouri. That's why I'm fading them. You probably have like some stats and analytics and numbers to this game. I'm going off pure emotion here. There's only three things I want to see happen in this NCAA tournament. Number one, I want Coach K to go off a loser. He's had enough yeah. days where the confetti has been on him that I don't want that anymore. I want somebody else to win in the NCAA tournament. Two, I want Kansas to lose as quickly as possible. And three, I like St. Peter's. They're the fighting peacocks. I want them to advance as far as they can. I don't care what happens in this tournament outside of that. Houston could win. Texas Tech could win. North Carolina can win. As long as Duke or Kansas doesn't win, I'll be a happy camper. All right, so Carrington Harrison, as we know, the three big things that he is pushing Providence tonight, he is riding the must bus come tomorrow, and he is letting the peacock fly tonight against Purdue for St. Peter's University, the number 15 seed on its Cinderella run. Let's go back to the NFL because the blockbuster trade this week in a crazy and insane NFL offseason was the Chiefs sending Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for five draft picks. Carrington, we got your initial reaction yesterday. What happened here in the divide between the Chiefs front office and what led to Tyreek Hill going to Miami? I mean, money happened. I mean, that's the best way to describe what's happened with the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last week or so where the Chiefs were operating in, and under good faith in a negotiation with Tyreek Hill and the Devontae Adams contract came up. I mean, Drew Rosenhaus said it yesterday in a radio interview that the two sides were moving forward and having positive talks. Devontae Adams got $28 million a year. And Drew Rosenhaus and Tyreek Hill said that he wanted to be the highest paid receiver in the National Football League. And the Chiefs simply declined. And with that decline, he was then allowed to shop himself around Drew Rosenhaus, the super agent, the best agent in the NFL, went out and got two teams that were willing to give him the money, the Jets and the Miami Dolphins, and he picked the Dolphins. I mean, this happened pretty quickly. I mean, the story coming out of the combine was that they were going to sign Tyree Kill to a deal. Everyone in Kansas City believed that he was going to be a chief long-term until he wasn't. 
So as we look at the AFC West, you mentioned Devontae Adams, now a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chargers adding and bolstering to their defense. And of course, Russell Wilson, now the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. But despite all of that, the Chiefs remain the favorites to win the AFC West division at plus 155. Although other teams are making moves, Carrington, do you agree that the Chiefs should still be the favorite in the AFC West? I think you still have to have the Chiefs as the favorite. I mean, they've won this division six straight times, so it's sort of a you got to to be the man, you got to beat the man-like mentality. But I think what's happened with Kansas City and happens a lot in the NFL is I don't know if it's Kansas City is running slower or the other teams are running faster, but this race is just more tight than it used to be. Think about when Kansas, mm -hmm. I think from losing the AFC championship game to the Patriots up until losing the AFC championship game to the Bengals, you could argue that the Chiefs were clearly the best team in the AFC. From going to the Super Bowl and beating the Niners, from going to the Super Bowl, going 14-1 and and losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then for most of last season, we always felt like Kansas City was at the top. The AFC has drastically changed. Los Angeles is better. Denver is better. Cleveland is now a better team than they were. Buffalo continues to be really good. Baltimore is going to be back healthy this year. Cincinnati is a really good team where I look at it as the transition from Kansas City being the team as they were the last couple of years to now being one of the teams that can win in the AFC. The AFC is going to be a gauntlet this year. It is the most competitive conference by far. And when you look at the AFC championship odds, it's now the Buffalo Bills as the favorites at plus 350, a dollar and a half in front of the Chiefs. Carrington, last year when the conversation around Buffalo was entering the postseason, you said until you see a team knock off Kansas City, you cannot buy into a team like the Buffalo Bills. How do you feel about this market now? I mean, I think right now Buffalo has to be considered the best team in the AFC. From what we saw from them, I mean, they played Kansas City as close as you can play without winning. Now, I will say this. I think that this kind of disrespects the Bengals a little bit, and I've been making this point in Kansas City. It's like Buffalo got more credit for losing to Kansas City than Cincinnati got credit for actually beating Kansas City. Cincinnati beat Kansas City two times in the month of January. And the second time, I thought beat them, I wouldn't say convincingly, but certainly dominated them the last 35 minutes of the game in the second half and overtime. I think Cincinnati continues to be disrespected in this market. We're talking about a team would, who has done nothing but improve on the on the offensive line. They picked up three offensive linemen. So if we're looking at a team last year that was stout defensively and could score with anybody, and we all said their weakness was the offensive line, all Cincinnati has done has gotten better over the last month. And the Bengals 12 to 1 right now, the seventh best price for the team that represented the AFC in a Super Bowl this past season. So Carrington, as we focus on the aftermath now for the Chiefs, not having Tyreek Hill a part of that offensive scheme. Andy Reid has often said it's the scheme that lifts up the receivers, but you can't necessarily replace all of that production that Tyreek Hill had during his time in KC. So what do you think the plan is for the Chiefs moving forward? We talked about this a lot on my show yesterday, as you would imagine. Is this a move that's going to be coupled with another veteran and a draft pick? Or are they going to now move on and try to fill some of the other holes on the roster and wait to fully address this in the draft? To me, that sort of shapes our talk. I'm just a belief that in the NFL now, the goal is to get the quarterback like the Chiefs have and surround him with as many weapons as you can. Look at what Cincinnati's doing, the Chargers, the Rams, Tampa Bay. you got to put your quarterback with elite pieces. I think the Chiefs have a lot of role players outside of Travis Kelsey and are still looking for another main dish. They had that main dish in Tyree Kill. 
are they going to be able to fill that in the draft? You should be able to because there's a lot of good wide receivers, and we've seen how deep this can be. But we got to see who that guy is who's eventually thrown into the mix. The Chiefs now have the number 29 overall pick in that first half, courtesy of Miami, and signing Marquez Valdez-Scantling yesterday as well. Carrington Harrison from 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, not only breaking down the Chiefs, but we're pushing P with Providence tonight. Carrington, thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you, man. Have a wonderful weekend, and we look forward to the madness in the Sweet 16. A breakdown of that up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Steves. Our next guest up is a regular at this point. A man that does not sleep until the month of May, but does not need coffee to stay awake. It is John Rothstein back on to the morning after. One of the co-hosts of Inside College Basketball for CBS Sports, a content contributor for the FanDuel Sportsbook as well. John, after the madness last night in the Sweet 16, two number one seeds going down on the same day for the first time in nearly three decades. Can you believe Mm -hmm. there's people out there that don't love college basketball? Well, there's people out there right now that don't love college basketball. Those people are officially admitting that they hate fun. I mean, we are seeing right now an NCAA tournament that is dominated by parity. One year ago, we had two teams push out from the rest, Gonzaga and Baylor. This year, we have the polar opposite. I mean, Ben, think about this for a second. We are on Sweet 16 Friday, and just one number one seed remains. That's the Kansas Jayhawks. The number one seed so vulnerable that they were taken to the brink Last week against Creighton in the round of 32, when the Jays didn't have their starting point guard in Ryan Nemhart and their starting center in Ryan Kalkbrenner. College basketball, where the unexpected becomes the ordinary. This year's tournament in 2022 snaps a seven-tourney streak of at least two number one seeds advancing to the Elite Eight. We might not have any number one seeds at the end of tonight on a Friday in the Sweet 16. Before we look at those games quickly, John, let's recap some of the action from last yep. night. The retirement tour continues. Duke, great down the stretch again, closing out Texas Tech. A young roster, but a talented one, John. What has stood out to you most about the Blue Devils' ability to finish out basketball games? Well, obviously, the compass points to Jeremy Roach out of the gate, and that's for good reason. But I have said to you, I've said to people ad nauseum since the NCAA tournament started that Mark Williams would be the guy that would change Duke. And we're seeing it again last night with the way he could protect the rim on defense and finish at the rim on offense. Duke also, Ben, has gotten to this point without bona fide and legitimate mileage in the NCAA tournament out of Trevor Keels. To me, that's a real reason to be optimistic. And I know a lot of fans of sports don't want to hear this, but it wouldn't shock me to see the Blue Devils win a couple more times here down the stretch. And I said to you and I said to other people, I expected Duke to win a close game against Texas Tech. I expect the same thing to happen against Arkansas. I expect the Blue Devils to be in New Orleans. Right now, Duke opening up as a three-and-a-half, now four-point favorite against Arkansas in the Elite Eight. The 17th all-time trip for Coach K into the Elite Eight. The 15th all-time for Villanova, a Fortune 500 company. The only favorite last night, John, to cover a number. They do so against Michigan in a rather ugly basketball game, but the Cats 
still advance. What stands out to you most about this year's team under Jay Wright? The experience and the ball security of Colin Gillespie. You know, Colin Gillespie entering yesterday's game against Michigan had played a total of 206 minutes in his career in the NCAA tournament. He had six turnovers. He played 39 minutes against Michigan. He had one turnover. He is averaging approximately a turnover every 35 or 36 minutes. Ben, that's illegal in 48 states. <laughs> that got me. I appreciate that. All right, let's go on to the action for tonight. On this Friday, the battle of some of the bluest bloods in all of college yep. basketball. In a short number, North Carolina and UCLA. The Bruins, a two-point favorite. A total of 141.5, John, that I think will be dictated by which style wins out tonight. Is it the up-tempo nature of the Tar Heels, or will the Bruins slow things down? What do you expect from the game flow tonight between North Carolina and UCLA? I expect Tiger Campbell to control the game. College basketball's least appreciated point guard. Nine assists, three turnovers in the NCAA tournament. And if you think back to UCLA's run to the Final Four a year ago, it was Tiger Campbell that played a major hand in slowing down Alabama in the Sweet 16 in this round. So I expect the Bruins to be in a situation where their experience and their ability to exploit mismatches really puts them in a scenario. You know, I, I know to, to advance. You know, I know a lot of people are looking at the fact that North Carolina has been so prolific offensively in the NCAA tournament, averaging over 90 points a game. North Carolina has to guard UCLA, too. And UCLA has been a very good offensive team this season. That's without really getting much from last year's hero in the NCAA tournament, Johnny Juzang. I mean, Ben, right now in the NCAA tournament, Johnny Juzang is averaging just over 11.5 points a game, and he's one of five from three. He's averaging about half the production as he did last year when he willed the Bruins to within inches of a national title game appearance. UCLA still the 12th most efficient offense in the country facing North Carolina tonight. Of course, the Cinderella run will be one of the storylines on this Friday evening. The 15 seed in St. Peter's, only the third 15 seed in NCAA tournament history to reach the Sweet 16. They play Purdue tonight. The Peacocks are a 13-point underdog. John, do you expect this game to be close between the Boilermakers and the Peacocks? I'm not going to say it's not going to be close because, you know, Shaheen Holloway has pretty much sent the message to America that any preconceived notions obviously don't mean anything when St. Peter's is playing. But the sheer size up front of Purdue tells me it's going to be difficult for St. Peter's to rebound in this game. St. Peter's is going to have to make threes to have a chance to be in a situation to advance in this game. Doug Eddard's going to have to have a big game today. I know he had the big NIL deal with Buffalo Wild Wings earlier this week he's got america's greatest mustache but he is going to have to make threes for st peter's to have a chance st peter's gonna have a very difficult time in my opinion winning this game in the paint john some might say that an exclusive mustache interview with ben stevens and sports grid was the final push for doug eddard to get that big nil deal from buffalo wild wings who's to say i'm saying some are saying it i have not said that so both purdue st peter's ucla and north carolina all four of those teams in the east region john after tonight who do you think emerges out of the east from that elite eight matchup i'm going to take purdue over ucla in a regional final i think purdue breaks through matt painter gets to his first final four purdue gets to the final four for the first time since 1980. All right, now we go to the Midwest region. Kansas and Providence, a seven-point spread in favor of the Jayhawks. The Providence Friars has been, have been described as a lucky team all year, a lucky team that, when booked as an underdog, have won outright in seven of their nine games. What will it take 
for the luck to continue for the Friars tonight, John, and to pull off the outright upset over the Jayhawks? Well, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So let's get that straight, you know, right out of the gate right now. You're not lucky if you win that many close games in a row. That means you're a really, really good basketball team. You know, I look at the perimeter matchup between Jared Bynum and Remy Martin as being something to watch. You know, peak Remy Martin has kind of been reincarnated here over the last couple of games for Kansas. This is the player that they thought they were getting as a transfer from Arizona State. And then up front, you know, it's been the same narrative all season. Kansas has been a completely different team over the last three or four years when David McCormick scores in double figures. The David McCormick-Nate Watson matchup, to me, is the other matchup to watch in this game. And Providence is also going to have to get really, really good minutes defensively out of Justin Manaya on the perimeter. He'll be matched up with either Ochai Baji or Christian Brown. I would think after a 32-game sample size, lucky and random variants would go to die and that Providence maybe is just a good basketball team. But what do I know? 8-1 and one against the spread as an underdog this year. The final game in the Midwest region tonight, John, between Miami and Iowa State. A 10-11 matchup in that bottom portion of the bracket. Miami's playing some really good basketball right now. Iowa State turned around from a two-win season last year to be in the Sweet 16 this year. What's the approach to this game tonight? Great guard play against great defense. And I've said to you and I've said to other people, Iowa State's offense has been offensive in the NCAA tournament. But Miami is a team that, again, is a very difficult team to play from behind on because of how well the Hurricanes take care of the basketball. Ben, in the NCAA tournament, Miami has 32 assists to seven turnovers. And look, this rendition of Miami is more prone, I think, to avoiding scoring droughts because Jim Laranega has made a commitment by playing Sam Wardenberg as his five-man, and he is pretty much saying that, look, because Sam Wardenberg is our center, we are not going to have a body at any time on offense in the paint for the most part. So the floor is going to be open on each and every possession. Miami can get to the foul line quicker. They can get into the bonus quicker because of that type of spacing. And also, they are becoming, in addition to a great team in terms of ball security, they're doing a great job at the free throw line. In the NCAA tournament, Miami is shooting 77.5% from the free throw line. And only seven turnovers so far in two games. And right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, you've listened to the incredible insight from John Rothstein. If you want to take some of that insight into tonight's action on a Friday night in the Sweet 16. There is the We Sleep in May parlay. No coffee and no naps until we get to the month of May. And, and no wine and no golf. Cover. Yeah, no wine, no golf. Just a little seamless when we have the opportunity to make sure we eat healthy and keep the That's energy right. I got high. Some, I, I, got some, I got some eggs and uh, cantaloupe right here, Ben. I'm going to dive in right now like it's sundown on Yom Kippur after we hang up. I mean, we're getting ready to go. We're staying up late last night on a Thursday, tonight on a Friday, into Saturday and Sunday as well. The We Sleep in May parlay. Providence to cover a seven-point spread. North Carolina to cover and Miami to win outright. The money right there, John, plus 476. That's some pretty juicy plus money for a Friday night entering your weekend. Is it true we have to buy stock now in FanDuel? I think we should have bought stock a long, a long time ago in FanDuel. Put that on a T-shirt. I think we should. Maybe we'll get into some of those naming rights after this. And do not forget the parlay insurance. One of those legs misses, and you can get some of your money back, courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, John, the Elite Eight tomorrow on a Saturday. The opening lines that we know are already out. Let's start with the first game up. Houston, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Villanova. It is going to be a gritty game if you look at the total at 128. What can we expect between the Cougars and the Cats? 
You know, Armageddon, I mean, it's the two best cultures in college basketball. You know, there are two programs that are synonymous with one thing in terms of intangibles. There's no such thing as 50-50 balls when you're looking at Villanova and Houston. They're 90-10 in favor of either team. I give the slight edge to Villanova in this game because of Colin Gillespie. And then in the Duke-Arkansas game, I'm going to stick with what I felt right now for a couple of days. I expect Duke to win a close game and get to a Final Four. Duke a four-point favorite now against Arkansas. The Razorbacks 5-1 and one against the number as a dog this year. John, let's just put this on people's radar quickly here. With one more Duke win, they're into the Final Four in New Orleans. With two North Carolina wins out of that East region, it might be the first matchup in the history of the NCAA tournament between Duke and UNC on the retirement tour of Coach Mike Krzyzewski. That would be a storybook Hollywood could not even think of writing. No, and I think if you look right now at the past couple of years, I think you could say that if Duke plays North Carolina in the national semifinals in Mike Krzyzewski's last year, I think you could say that it would be the most anticipated national semifinal game since Wisconsin played Kentucky when Kentucky was 38-0 seven years ago in 2015 in Indianapolis, which, by the way, was the last time Duke went to a Final Four and which, by the way, was the last time Duke won a national championship. All of the narratives, all of the cosmos starting to line up in college basketball in this month of March in the madness of the big dance. John Rothstein, one of the co-hosts of Inside College Basketball and a content contributor for FanDuel as well. A regular guest here now on the morning after. John, we let you go. Enjoy your breakfast and have a wonderful Friday night in the Sweet 16. I appreciate it, but you're really a fan of the Stumble Inn, Ben. I am. Yeah, I think the burgers are fantastic. I love that they put the cheese and stuff the, uh, the patty with it. Okay, you know, text me offline. We'll talk about, you know, Upper East Side cuisine and where to get, you know, the best, you know, the best bar food on the Upper East Side. But I don't know if this is appropriate for the Sweet 16. But, you know, good luck to you. All right, I appreciate that very much. Now that Bar Coastal is done, the epitome of brutality, we need more places on the Upper no, East. John, breads. thank you so it's much. Breads. Yeah. We'll talk right, post-April 5th we'll when I turn no pumpkin. Yeah, we'll, when we're sleeping in May, we'll talk about it. More of TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out hour number two in the morning after right here on Sports Grid on a Friday. Sirius XM channel 159 all across the Sports Grid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. It's a tough act to follow anytime you have to be the guest following John Rothstein, Mr. College Basketball himself, but somebody's got to do it. And why not do it with the best capper in all of the sport or at least the most unique? It is Jack Weinberger, our associate producer here on TMA, back with another Jack cap for a Friday in the Sweet 16. Jack, I cannot wait. The floor is yours. Ben, honored to be on once again with you. It's always a pleasure. I think you like this cap. So a couple days ago, I was watching the tournament. By the way, I had Texas Tech last night. They lost, probably should have won, ended up losing nonetheless. And I, but I didn't get a sign. It wasn't a true Jack cap. You know, I didn't get a sign or a signal telling me that Texas Tech was gonna win. It wasn't a real cap. However, yesterday, I was watching the tournament with my friend, on his couch, Texas Tech versus Duke, drinking a pouch of Kool-Aid. One of my favorite drinks. Mm. Love Kool-Aid. And I was thinking to myself, there's my sign. There it is right there. I'm drinking Kool-Aid. Who coaches the Providence Friars? Coach Ed 
cool E. So I'm like, this makes total sense. How can I not take Providence? It's meant to be. I've been on them all year. I had them against South Dakota State. I had them against Richmond. I'm riding them until they're dead. I think this is a game they could win too, Ben. I'm riding with Nate Watson, Coach Cooley, A.J. Reeves, Noah Horkler. I got the Friars to keep this game really close and potentially take down a giant. I love Providence plus seven, little money line sprinkle plus 240. Line's working in our favor. We're fried up on this Friday, Ben. Give me Providence. Cool aid, cool Lee. I get it, Jared. I get it. The Providence Friars, maybe not just a lucky basketball team, Jackson. Maybe a team that's just good at playing the sport of basketball. We remain fried up at all times. As I know, Jack Weinberger does as well. Let's bring it home. Providence plus seven. It was seven and a half. Plus 240 on that money line entering the weekend as well. Sprinkle it down, Jack Weinberger. Hour three, a happy hour. Up next here on the morning app.